You're listening to Building Bold Connections, a podcast where we explore the creative ways business leaders have solved professional challenges to gain success and build net worth from their network. On today's episode, we have Carmelita Mero, National Network of Public Health Institute's Director of Communications and Convening. Here is episode five of Building Bold Connections. Welcome to Building Bold Connections. I'm Tyra Burton, and today I'm talking with Carmelita Marrow, the Director of Communications and Convening for the National Network of Public Health Institutes. Welcome, Carmelita. Thank you so much for having me. I am just excited that you're here today because I love hospitality. Well, great, because I do too. My passion. (laughs) Obviously, and I know that you started your journey actually at the front desk of a hotel. I did. I... uh, Started at the front desk and went from the front desk to sales. I was uh, just happy uh, with sales and marketing, selling the property. Um, And then from there, I went into different departments within uh, the hotel. And I was just so thrilled uh, working with each of the different departments, uh, food and beverage, housekeeping, Uh, There was a specific program where managers worked in different areas of the hotel just to understand what everyone did every day. That's wonderful. Yes. (laughs) Sometimes we don't understand what goes on behind the scenes. Right. Uh, We don't. And uh, walking in someone else's shoes uh, makes you uh, aware of your job. Um, So uh, I realized uh, it was uh, one particular incident Uh, where I sold uh, a group and I allowed them to come in to the hotel early, early check-in for a large group. Oh my. Right. Oh my. Oh my. So, uh, yes. So that day I was working with the housekeeping team (laughs) to make sure the rooms were ready since that's what I promised. And so, yes, it was, uh, it was a great learning opportunity there. Well, so how did that lead you to where you are now? Right. Uh, so I uh, worked in different uh, hotels and I um, came to work in a conference center hotel. And I was just amazed at specifically how the conference center hotel uh, was a benefit to meeting planners. It was the concept was built with a meeting planner in mind. Oh. Uh, Right, such as hard writing surface tables versus writing on a table with a a tablecloth on it, Um, tackable wall surfaces. Um, So because many hotels, oh, no, you can't tack anything on the walls. Um, So that sort of thing. And I, um, I, again, was uh, so impressed with that. Um, I started working with an organization, a meeting services provider, that at that point led meeting planners to different conference center hotels around the country. Um, So it was a a third party that uh, provided that service of finding those conference center hotels. Um, And they're all around. You, You may not even realize that Emory has a conference center hotel. Okay. University of North Carolina has a conference center hotel. Duke has a conference center hotel. So many university on many university campuses, as well as just all across the country, there are conference center hotels. So um, I started working, uh, as I said, with this meeting services provider. And this meeting services provider um, had different clients. One specifically was the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. Um, so I began working as the lead 
for the foundation conferences outside of Princeton, um, which then led me to the National Network of Public Health Institutes because they had a grant through the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation for a a few of their meetings. Got to know the team at the uh, National Network of Public Health Institutes. And at that point, they were outsourcing meeting services. And they said they talked to me about coming in house, bringing logistics closer to content because they were providing the content we were providing logistics services so in a briefly as brief as as that was (laughs) that's how I came um, to work uh, with the National Network of Public Health Institutes well and it really seems like your background in the hotel industry kind of led you to be the perfect person for that exactly exactly because when I walk into a hotel I know my way around I speak the language and I understand and I teach uh, my internal, what I refer to as internal clients, and those are the program managers who are bringing the content together. I help them understand what the hotel needs are, right? Because, for instance, program manager, hey, Carmelita, can we check into the hotel on Tuesday, bring all of our folks in on Tuesday and leave on Thursday? And Sure you can, but guess what? That leaves a hole on Monday and Friday for the hotel. So that's not really an ideal pattern. Let's talk about what a a more ideal pattern would be because you want them at the best rate. If you're going out a pattern that way, right, Right. you're not going to get the best rates because you're leaving the hotel with holes on either side. So those are the types of things that I'm constantly educating, right, because (laughs) I... I, I understand those things. And so it's, 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 it's fun. And they thought, oh, well, we never thought about that. <laughs> well, you wouldn't if you hadn't worked there. Right, exactly, exactly. So basically one of the health institutes might have a conference that they want to put on and they would come to you? Well, what you happens is, no, for, for, for us, what happens is we have a project, mm-hmm. right, that uh, the program managers are working on. Um, And within that project, they want to bring together stakeholders or they want to bring together uh, the audience or the community as it relates to that project. Um, So then that's when we, my team, communications and convenings, get involved. Many of the the projects that, that we manage at National Network of Public Health Institutes have a convening component. Some don't, but many do. Uh, So... We are we're working within our organization. Sometimes we get calls from some of the public health institutes to to assist them or give them um, uh, some uh, technical assistance. But most of the time, they have their own team. Okay, so you're just you're there to educate and make that a smoother process. Right, but we also have on our team those that. Um, Actually, the logistics, logistics. manage the logistics at all, building the registration sites. Um, We help to source, to go out and look for a hotel, depending on what the needs are of the program. Okay. Um, We then, of course, we work the the, uh, communications and promotions that go along with getting people there, right? (laughs) So that's where our communications team comes in, on-site communications, when you're there, mm-hmm. you feel like you're in a 
you know, you're in a, a special meeting, right? right? I'm, 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 I'm glad to be here. I can look around and say, wow, they were expecting me, uh, with the signage and mm -hmm. all the on-site communications that we do. Um, and then of course we have subject matter experts. So within, um, our membership, we have over 8,000 subject matter experts that we can wow. lean on that, you know, have expertise in tobacco, right? Or uh, what we're doing now here in Atlanta is falls prevention, working with the CDC okay. as it relates to seniors or, yeah. or anyone in preventing falls. We're doing that uh, with the CDC in a week or so. Um, we also um, host the National Conference on Tobacco or Health. So we've hosted that conference, and that is a, also a CDC uh, program. We've hosted that conference now. This is our third uh, national network of national conference on tobacco or health. We just hosted that in New Orleans uh, this past June. So, uh, and we had over 2,000 people there. Wow. Yes. Yeah, so, so we handle in house the logistics from the point of conception, conceptualizing right. a convening, sourcing, registration. Then the promotion, and then we bring in the content matter expert to help us, of course, with the agenda and such. But then we plan the food and beverage, we plan the AV support, and then we also have a team um, within our organization that helps us with evaluation. So we, we then uh, lean on our evaluation team to, of course, that's the most important component, right? right. Evaluating a conference. Right. <laughs> what did we do right? What, right. What, what did we right? do wrong? Right. That's a lot of balls to juggle in the air. Oh, yes. <laughs> so March 2020, yes. obviously those balls came crashing down in unique ways. They did. So what bold ideas or what creative things did you do to make that transition on a dime? Really? Right, right. Well, the first thing, we had to cancel all of our in-person convenings. But luckily, we have a contract addendum that I've negotiated. I, I've worked on this, this contract addendum. We have an attorney on our team, but I've worked with that attorney because I have the knowledge, the hospitality knowledge. He really did not have that knowledge, oh. right, hospitality. But, uh, but he's a great, 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 lawyer. great lawyer, great, great attorney. But he and I work together on a, an addendum that is signed with every hotel contract. Because guess what? Hotel contracts are in place to protect the hotel, they right? Are. Yes. I just need something that helps level the playing field a bit, is what I refer to. And so, you know, I, I, I always walk in talking with the hotel like, listen, I'm not trying to uh, play gotcha here. Most of my hotel addendum is something that I've experienced in the past, you know, through, through all of these convenings. And so let's talk about how we can both work together. So in any way, any case, our hotel addendum saved us uh, from yes. paying out attrition dollars or cancellation oh, fees geez. because we had so many different, uh, I guess, uh, areas that... Uh, if there if there was a cancellation related to health related right pandemic related right of course we so so we were saved 
save financially. But then you're right. We had to determine, okay, we have got to bring these communities together. And how do we do that? We do this virtually. So um, what uh, I was so fortunate that I worked with an AV team. I had been working with them since my time with the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. So I'd been working with them for 16 years. That's a long relationship. (laughs) It was a great relationship. They go on site with us. So we had a very, um, you know, long history together. I, I said to them, okay, we've got to pivot. What platform do we use? How do we bring speakers how do we bring participants together and let it was really trial and error there are different everyone knows zoom right Right. (laughs) but we needed something that would organize all of those zoom links so we worked with different virtual platforms determined which ones we liked along the way but the av team really came in and helped us to one teach people how to speak or present virtually. No, it's true. People right. don't know how. No, they don't know how. It's 100% true. Right. So that's, that was the, the very first thing. But um, so, so they came along with this and said, okay, this is, you know, this is w- w- the steps that we need to take because we were so used to, we had all of our um, uh, project management task related to being on site. Yes. We had to turn that around and say, okay, what task and who's going to do what task as it relates to virtual meetings? So we all came together and they, they um, really helped us plan and execute virtual meetings. And so we really got good at it <laughs> until guess what? Then we flipped back. Was, everyone got tired of virtual meetings. I can't this imagine is, why. Right, They're ready to go back on site, which for me, the many years of being on site, I'm ready to go back on site as well. Um, but we're still, there's still some meetings that we manage virtually. And I think that out of the pandemic came um, the we're not afraid to do that anymore. Right. right. And we determine which meetings really we could do virtually and which ones really are, are not as good virtually. Right. Don't where the, the participants don't get what they need from the meetings virtually. So um, that's, but yes, we, we had to pivot on a dime, just pivot. It was, it was, we had meetings of March of twenty twenty scheduled March through the fall oh, of wow. 2020 schedule. In fact, we had a meeting in February of 2020 before everything shut, shut down. down. Right. We had a meeting in February. So yes, very memorable. So what was the biggest change you saw in the in-person industry now that we've kind of gone back to our new normal? Right. In terms of what you do. Right. Uh, so there's several changes. Um, as on the participant side, right, um, everyone wants to have the option of a virtual participation if they need it. Right. Just in so case. we have to write just in case. So we have to be prepared for that. But guess what? That costs money. Yeah. So the main thing that we see is that our meetings are more expensive. Oh. Because... We, it's almost two productions. Okay. You're producing in person and you're producing a virtual. 
right? And then, of course, they were we refer to that as a hybrid, right? right of, of both virtual, but the production, right, is separate. Those so they you've are. got a team working on the virtual side, a team working on the in person side. Everything is more expensive, and in the hotel industry, yeah, everything from rooms to AV to food, astronomical. Right, the rate is just everything is everything is more expensive. So it makes it hard <laughs> to try to convince people, <laughs> right? Or yeah, or tell our funders that right. we've gone. We need forty percent more. Mm-hmm more more money that's to huge. produce an event that's a huge jump 40 percent. so i know that you've built so many connections and relationships through your career and i know during covid and now going back in person how do you continue to build those relationships right uh through still communicating i still i have a network of uh meeting planners that are independent meeting planners that will go on site Right. So I've always um, surge what I call surge. Right. When need when I need surge uh, capacities, uh, um, I've done that with because we don't always host a two thousand person convening. Right. Most of our convenings are two to four hundred people. Right. Right. And so when we every two years when hosting something like NCTOH. We always, we have to have more bodies. <laughs> you got to have more bodies. So I'm always, people. yeah, I'm, I'm in, always in touch with those folks, um, letting them know what's coming up, um, you know, where, where I may need additional support. Um, so I think it's just staying in touch with, with folks. To find the next piece to your puzzle. Right, exactly. So I, how important are certifications in your industry? Mm-hmm. I saw that you actually went back to get a certification after several I years. I, right. Um, you know what? <laughs> Honestly, experience for me. Right. And that's just, that is my opinion, is the most important. And I, I, um, I appreciate, oh, education, I appreciate the certifications, and I, I, I do. But I'm uh, more interested in someone that has the experience, right? So if somebody yeah. wanted to start off and was interested in event planning, what would you suggest they do? Right. Very, I, I would, I would connect, um, I would connect with other event planners, right? Through different organizations. And there's, um, you know, there are state organizations, there are regional organizations of meeting planners, oh. MPI, Meeting Planners International. No idea. Right things I learned. Yes. So I, I would, I would definitely, uh, suggest that you, you connect with those state and regional organizations, start going to their events, start networking. Um, but, uh, and, and offer, right. Some internship, right. Or even volunteer, right. Get your feet wet. Right. To get your feet wet. Exactly. So in terms of event planning, what's your biggest pain point? I I think it's not a pain point because I have great partner, but the, the AV side, I think. I agree with you. Yes, because I have, but, but because I have a great partner 
Now, if I didn't have a great partner, I, I would be, uh, it, it would, I would refer to it as a pain point, <laughs> but, um, I, I have gone into so many situations where the on-site team was not as knowledgeable as I needed them to be. Yes. So thank goodness I brought my own team. Even if, and, and sometimes I, I get on site, I'm thinking I should have brought more of my own team because I'm depending on you <laughs> to have the expertise that you don't have. Right. And what's happened right now in our industry is that I think so many people with lots of experience left our industry because they had to feed their families. And we, when, you, when you shut down an industry the way the hotels were shut down, right. I mean, for months, I mean, and even in, for all of 2020, I mean, March through the end. Yeah. Of, and then into 2021, there were still times where cities were shut down and, you know, hotels were shut down. I don't blame them. I, I get it. They've got to find some way to take care of their families, but they're not coming back. Right. So what I'm finding now is when I'm going on site, um, especially in the area of AV, those folks aren't, aren't there. The, those that have so much experience are not there. And when you go on site and you expect someone to be able to share there's they're share on Zoom and they don't, they're asking you, where's the share button? Oh my. You know, that, that is, that is, that is a, so that is a pain point. But for me, since I'm bringing in my own people. team, right. Um, it's, it's so helpful. Well, and the loss of knowledge, if you think about it. The just, loss, yes. I mean, yeah. just across the board in hospitality. Right, right. Because of people leaving the industry. Right. Leaving the industry and they're not, they have, because they found other things, other ways to, to make a living. That is, I mean, and again, this is just my own right. opinion. <laughs> just, you know, working this, just this year in 2022 um, with in-person meetings, right. just, or even two weeks ago, <laughs> you know, was just finding that, that, that experienced people are not there. It's just, I, you have to get creative. You have to get creative. You have to get creative and hopefully uh, leverage those relationships <laughs> that you have. And so, yes. Networking. No, yeah. Networking, networking. Um, networking, networking, networking. Yes. So can you share with us a story of like one of your biggest wins or one thing that you did was creative or something that just sticks out in your mind over your career? Biggest win. Uh, well, I would have to say that going into the national network of public health institutes, there was not a convening communications department. Oh my. So I've been with the organization nine years. So I would have to say going in and building my own, what we refer to as a portfolio, right? Um, there was just one other person there that I, I thank God for her uh, when, I, when I came on board. But I remember, I remember meeting with the team, right? Having a staff meeting and meeting with many of the program managers. 
and we're at a table much like this table and they were all lined up and they said, so how are you going to manage all of our meetings? How are you (laughs) You. going to manage all of our meetings? You know, we have all special needs and this. So, so right away, just as we were talking about relationships, I was, I thought to myself, well, I've got to call in. (laughs) I thank God I have the the relationship, but um, right now we are convening on average and we're a relatively small organization. So, but we're convening about 5,000 people or more each year and that in in person and virtually. Um, And so that's reaching out and touch. We are touching 5,000 people and not only touching once, because when you, when you um, convene folks, you you know, you're talking with them several times before they're even on site and then after. After. So uh, being able to communicate with, with, with them, uh, with those, that amount of people every year. and, And we're building upon that every year. Um, yes, I, I think that is one of probably my greatest <laughs> uh, achievements because honestly, I thought, now how am I going to <laughs> manage all these meetings and <laughs> bring one person, one person in to do? No, we're talking about sourcing, right? right. So they're saying, hey, Carmelita, so where should we meet for where this meeting? Where are we meeting? going for this? Right. And what about how do we reach out to building a registration site? No one knew how to build a no. registration site. Right. And then not only that is when we get on site, Carmelita, so who's going to manage the registration desk and manage all of those folks, all of the, ho- the, the hotel departments, the food and who's going to check on food and beverage, who's going to do rooms, who's, you know, all of those things. And then the evaluation after. So how are you going to manage our meetings? One person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be really tired. <laughs> yes. So, so what are some of the behind the scenes that people don't think about when it comes to event planning? That's um, a real aha moment after they've done it. I think they don't realize what, um, that's project management. Yes. Right. It's overall project management. And so I think if you can, you learn the steps as it relates to project management, you, you can manage it. A convening um, from the beginning to end. Now, of course, having knowledge as it relates to hospitality and communications, um, all of that is 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 also very helpful. Um, but I, I think people would be surprised as to, um, you know, those that that is is project management I overall. Can- I completely agree with you, and it's the thing you don't think about because there's so many moving parts, right? Right. And how you delegate, you know, those and what uh, instrument you use, right? Uh, long are gone are those many Excel spreadsheets that we used to have as meeting planners. <laughs> yes, right, right. Right. Those ex- Excel spreadsheets are now Microsoft Project. Or for me, I use Smartsheet oh, right, okay. as a project management tool. But, but you really need to know and have a project management tool. I think that's a great tip. So as we're closing out, what is like, what do you think is the next big thing on the horizon for you? Event planning. Uh, Hybrid meetings. Right. I think, uh, because as I said, 
people expect to have right now, they expect to have the option of, uh, I've, you know, gotten sick or I've got, you know, I've got children or whatever that, that case may be, but I can't attend in person. So what's my virtual option, right? What are your virtual options? I agree. The, the wild west, isn't it? <laughs> right. So you, you, you have to be able to produce, I mean, a hybrid meeting, produce a meeting that is in person and virtual. So what's next for Carmelita? Well, <laughs> I, you know, uh, I, I hope to, my, my husband uh, talks to, to me about retiring, but I'm not ready to retire. No. I hope to continue working um, and learning and uh, I'm, I am, my passion is what I call cross-pollination, bringing people together for cross-pollination. That's and that's, that's, that's what I, I love. That's my passion. That's what I do. And so I hope to continue doing it. Well, I hope you do too. And it was fun to cross-pollinate. Has today. it been 30 minutes already? I know, oh my has. gosh. <laughs> so Carmelina, thank you for being with us today on Building pleasure. Bold Connections. My pleasure. Thank you, Tyra. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Building Bold Connections. This has been a Coles College and Joel A. Katz Music and Entertainment Business Program production.